Welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations about all things, including the topics you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Hula Ramos, and today we're talking about mental health, which is something a lot of people are going through, especially with the pandemic right now, being a major cause. And today we have Dr. Amy Kim. She's a licensed clinical psychologist, and she has extensive experience working with adults struggling with anxiety, depression, stress, negative habits, and much more. Dr. Kim is skilled at helping people with the challenges of being present in today's fast-paced, pressured, and often stressful world. Hi, Dr. Kim. How are you? Good, Hula. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on today's show. Especially with uh, a lot of things going on, I know um, there's a lot of Asian American and Pacific Islander folks that are dealing with mental health. And to be honest with you, they don't really talk about it. I think that's what, I mean, that's been an ongoing issue. And then particularly with COVID, you know, people are struggling. A lot of people are struggling with a lot of different things. And so I think it's more needed than ever that Asians are able to kind of overcome the stigma of being able to share that they're struggling and actually talk to people and actually get help, whether it's from a professional or just from friends and family. No, you're right. It's a, a very big stigma that, you know, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders don't talk about your dirty laundry. You know, you just kind of have to deal with it. Now, coming from yourself, you know, how, what advice would you give to those people dealing with uh, challenges right now? Well, you know, it's even thinking of it as dirty laundry is like, it's, it's kind of a shame that people even think of it as like dirty laundry or something you have to hide because Mm -hmm. that automatically makes it shameful. And the way I think it's better to, to think about it is like everybody struggles. Everyone's got struggles. Everyone goes through hardships. That's part of a human life, right? Everyone goes through things. So if we can just kind of make it really normal and really universal that everyone's going to struggle, everyone struggles with things. So that way it's not this like dirty, shameful secret. It's going to be easier to talk to people. So I think first of all, it's, it's thinking of your issues in a different way and then starting with the people you feel comfortable with, being able to reveal to people, friends, family, coworkers, like, hey, I'm having a hard time. And just by starting to talk about it, people are amazed. Like just by starting to honestly talk about whatever you're going through already promotes healing. It already helps a person feel better to just talk about it. And actually another idea that another false idea that a lot of people have, and I've heard it come from, um, I've heard Asian people say this as well is like, well, what's the point, you know, what's the point of talking about it? It's like, it's not like anyone can fix it for me or, um, or I don't want to worry people. It's not about worrying other people. And it's not about getting other people to fix your problem. It's just this, the act of sharing and having another person just listen to you is deeply therapeutic. In what ways? Like you say, you know, it's so therapeutic. I mean, for those that are naysayers that say, well, it's not helping me. Like, how does that help to, to let it all out? You kind of have to experience it yourself to know, like, you'll, you know, I, I get this from people. I get this from clients. I get this from friends. I've experienced it myself. We're just literally talking and being able to, someone else just being given the space and the time Mm -hmm. to just talk about what you're going through, you immediately feel better. 
Most of the time, you just feel better. And just knowing that someone is just listening to you without interrupting, without trying to fix you, without um, without anything, just to, ha- just, just to be given that space and that time is, is healing. But you can only, like I said, you can only know it if you experience it directly. So in your experience uh, with everything going on, what are some common mental health issues that are going on right now? that you've seen? Oh, there's so many. Um, there's so many. Um, let's just talk about, I mean, on so many levels, you know, COVID has brought up a lot of fears about health, a lot of fears about the state of the world. There's just kind of generally world events that are stoking people's anxieties and fears more than ever. Um, I think that because COVID has been so disruptive to so many people's lives, people have been trying over the last year, and it's been a long time to really adjust to whatever ways that their they or their families have been uniquely affected, whether it's a death, whether it's being inf- infected with COVID directly, whether it's financial stress, whether it's work-life balance stress, whether it's your, your child is suffering or your you know, I mean, there's been so many changes and every, like, I, I always like to say that, you know, every family, every person's life is different and everyone, everyone's circumstances are unique. So mm-hmm. ma- people have had to make major adjustments. And this is a situation where every single life has been affected. So there's massive adjustments there. Um, I think that there are also people who might've been struggling with certain issues before certain family issues, certain, maybe some depression, maybe some anxiety, maybe some substance abuse, whatever issues in their lives. And COVID has kind of brought already existing issues more to the forefront, um, where people can, you know, people are, are realizing like, maybe it's a good time to start working on it, or I actually do need help. Um, those are just some of the ones that come to mind. No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I have something personal I kind of want to bring up because for me, you know, growing up Filipino, my parents are always like, don't talk about it. You don't, you don't talk about it. And it's caused me just the pressures of being the oldest child and, and dealing with good grades and all that kind of stuff. Make sure the family's protected. Make sure the family's taken care of. It's caused me to have a lot of anxiety in my life. And I didn't learn about it until later in my life, how to deal with it. But like, let's say somebody is just starting. How can we, you know, besides talking about it, are there other ways that we can address or deal with like anxiety and issues like that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. First of all, if there are people in your life who are saying, don't talk about it, what I would say is don't talk about it with them. Definitely don't talk about it with them. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. (laughs) And don't talk about it in front of them. But I bet there are certain people in your life who would be willing to listen to you and happy to listen to you. And if they only knew that you were struggling, they would be more than willing and and available to help you and just support you. Um, And then the other thing is make how you're feeling, and this goes for everybody, make how you're feeling and your mental, emotional well-being, make it a top priority. Because people don't, it's 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 like it's so obvious that it's important, but it also is not very common that it's that people make their mental, emotional health a top priority. I mean, if you don't have your, you know, people talk about physical health, like oh, if you don't have your health, then you have nothing, right? But right. how about if you don't have your mental, emotional health, 
I mean, that's your entire quality of life. That's primary. So I would start by saying, I would start with like, start treating it as really, really important because then it orients you to start thinking about like, what do I really need for myself right now? What do I really want right now? What would really help me right now? What would make me feel supported and good or relaxed or whatever it is? And then that also then that further points you in the direction of what you might be needing in that moment. Maybe it is to talk to somebody. Maybe it is to just take some time for yourself. Maybe, you know, I don't know what it's going to be. It's different for everybody, but make it important. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I know this is kind of a phrase that's been thrown around lately, um, especially with what we've been going through with the pandemic. But I've commonly heard the phrase, it's okay to not be okay. What does that mean to you? Be honest that you're struggling. Be honest with yourself and be honest with people that you feel comfortable being honest with that you're struggling. Because then if you're, first of all, if you don't acknowledge that you're struggling, even to yourself, there's no chance of getting help. There's no chance of helping yourself, right? First, right, like, right. like if there's any kind of problem, which is even outside of yourself, if you don't acknowledge that there's a problem, there's no solving it. So just being honest with yourself and then to people that you feel comfortable with, like to just acknowledge that there's a struggle. So that way you can start taking steps towards helping yourself. I like that. I, I, acknowledgement is definitely key. Um, and, and for me, I, I've been able to speak to, you know, I've gone in, and gone to therapy, which I think is, you know, something that no one in my family has done. I was the first one to do that. And now my siblings are starting to go and it's kind of a, a becoming a thing. Um, are there little, you know, I've learned through therapy of little techniques and ways to kind of calm my nerves or calm the mental health like, do you know of, of, you know, stuff people could do and, you know, just sitting there if they're going through something? What, what's worked for you? What have you found to be really helpful for you? Well, one therapist told me because I, my brain is constantly thinking and I'm constantly like, oh no, I need to make sure I have enough money so I can pay my mortgage. And then, oh no, I have to pay for my daughter's upcoming first communion. So I got to buy her a dress and oh no, um, you know, I have to make sure my car pay payments on time that I'm constantly throwing myself all of these oh no's. And instead my therapist told me, why don't you label everything? Think of it as like tabs on a computer and you're just going to tackle one tab at a time. Okay, what's your first tab? Your first tab is going to be um, your car payment. How are we going to handle that? You come up with a solution. All right, now store that tab away. Let it go away so you're not thinking about it. And kind of seeing your brain as more of a tackle one issue at a time and move on versus like, coming at you with this and this and this and this and this. And, you know, a lot of that has kind of helped me because I'll be honest, when I'm driving down the freeway on the 15 here in San Diego, there's a lot of times I'm thinking about the worst stuff that's happening. Yeah. The difference between the two ways of approaching, um, approaching what you're talking about that your therapist recommended is really important because one is a position the Oh no approach is like, Oh my God, I'm helpless. I'm powerless. I feel like things are out of control. I feel like things are happening to me. And then the way she's encouraging you, she or he's been encouraging you to think about it is like, wait a second, I'm in charge. I know what needs to be done and I'm going to handle it. Right. It, so right. You're, it's the same things that you're going to do, 
radically different approaches. And so instead of framing it as, oh no, as soon as you say, oh no, you're basically signaling stress and worry. And instead Ah. what you're doing is saying, okay, what, what do you want? And what I really encourage my clients because it's, it's, it's amazing how many of us are not trained to think this way, but it is so important. There's four things that I talk about that are so important in terms of how to really promote a person's mental and emotional health. It's just, what do you think? What do you feel? What do you want? And what do you need? And the reason why these things are really important is because a lot of times we have not been encouraged to have our own thoughts, or we have not been supported in terms of our feelings and our emotions being treated as legitimate and valid and important. And as, and then also related is we haven't been really taught that our needs are important, that our wants are important. So it's like, you know, you're bringing yourself back to yourself to, to plug into yourself, to say, wait a second, what do I think? What do I feel? What do I want? What do I need? So let's go back to what you were talking about, Hula. You're saying, okay, what's important to me? What's important to me is to pay my mortgage. What's important to me is my daughter's communion. Mm-hmm. And then when you decide that, yes, those are things that I really want, or those are really important to me, then you say, you put, you know, you write them down or they're in your tabs or however you want to put it. And then you say, what is my plan or what is my strategy to meet my need or want? Oh. And you map it out and then you execute. It seems so simple, <laughs> but it feels so not. <laughs> well, it it, 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 it it can be simple, but then the what complicates it is thinking in terms of, oh, no, oh, no, worry, 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 worst case scenario. Now right. it's complicated. Now that feels really complicated and overwhelming. But if you break it down into the nuts and bolts of it, you're saying, okay, I'm going to pay my mortgage. How am I going to get this done? Step one, step two, step three, step four, pay my mortgage. I love that. I love that I should t- look, I should get rid of that oh no word because that's kind of stemming a lot of my anxiety is I will think of the worst case scenario because I'm just so used to it. I, I don't know if it's in something that growing up I had to deal with or, I mean, yeah, how do, you know, I, I know it's different for everybody, but, and I know you just, you know, you don't know me all that much, but like somebody like me who's who's been, dealing with the oh no's in life. Like, why do we get this way? How, mm-hmm. how do we become this person? It's really because, okay, for, I mean, it's not you. It's not like you were born with it. Instead, right. it's from, like, we're all trained. We're all brainwashed and trained and programmed in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, let's just say like, yeah, I don't know your background, but let's just say your family grew up with a lot of let's just say your mother was really prone to worry or let's say yes. your your family like your family had a lot of financial instability mm-hmm. or let's just say you know we're talking about Asians a lot of us Asians come from immigrant families so a lot of immigrant families when they immigrated to the US didn't have a lot of money right right so whatever your unique experience is, somehow you were programmed to worry and think worst case scenario, whether because some t- a lot of times in your childhood, worst case scenario did happen and things were really unstable or um, your mother was a worrier, whatever it was, these were, these were influences that you were subjected to growing up. So mm-hmm. you basically learned to think, think in terms of this, oh, no way. 
you're, you're, you've been probably doing it for years because it's literally what you, you learned. I like to think of it as like, you know, if you grew up in a household where, um, you know, Russian was the language, mm-hmm. right? You, you just learn the Russian. That's just, that's like your language, but this whole like, oh no way of thinking. And we all have habitual ways of thinking. So let's just say yours is the, oh no. And that comes up a lot. That's the Mm -hmm. language that was either was spoken in your family or due to early experiences. That's the language that was trained into you to like, to experience life through, oh no, oh no, oh no. Worst case scenario. Wow. You're like nailing me <laughs> without even really knowing my past. I'm just so in awe of that um, because, yeah, I and and I've, I've noticed that I need to change the way I speak too as a parent now because I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and I'm watching my eight-year-old slowly try to be the perfectionist and try to be, she's basically a carbon copy of me and I don't want her to be, have that anxiety like I had. Because kids will absorb all of it because basically now just like, your parents or whoever your caretakers were, they were literally your world. They were literally your environment growing up, right? Mm, Yep. That was your world. So just like that, how you speak, how you feel, how you conduct yourself, you're literally your kid's world. So they're Mm. taking in that, taking in everything. You're literally their template. You and your family or whoever is most around them, they are literally their blueprint for life. So they're taking it all in. So if they're feeling and hearing, oh, no's and worry and fear, they're taking that in. They're absorbing right. it. It's in the air. Right. No, I no, I, I appreciate you saying that. But, I, you know, I'm going to move away from psychoanalyzing myself. <laughs> but kind of, you know, since people are listening in, I, I want to kind of give them some pointers because we are going through a pandemic, you know, the previous administration stating that this is the, the, the Kung flu, the, you know, Chinese disease and causing fear. And now there, we have this whole Asian hate, you know, situation going on and people are afraid people are, I mean, I had a cousin who uh, is married to a Chinese woman and, and they were recently out and about riding a bicycle and a couple approached their bicycle as their child was sitting there and said, uh-oh, that's a COVID bike right there. Without even knowing who my cousins were, just stated that. And now my, my cousin is, is afraid to go out because she doesn't want her or her child to be attacked. Like, how do we deal with stuff like that? There's so many ways to... Um answer that question. And I, what I would say is to like everything that we've been talking about up until this point, which is, you know, to withstand everything that's going on in the world right now, we really need to take very good care of ourselves. Right. And that's doing everything to take care of our mental and emotional health. Um, so like we've talked about, you know, um, talking to people, um, thinking in terms of what you think, what you feel, what you want, what you need, and mm-hmm. taking actions to support those things. Um, what we just talked about with you is like our habitual ways of thinking about things, which literally affect how we experience life. Mm-hmm. So being really curious about like, how do I typically act? How do I typically feel? How do I typically think of things? And then being really willing to consider and do the hard, it actually takes hard work to make these shifts, to 
to shift and change our habitual ways of approaching things that are causing us undue stress or unnecessary hardship. You know, of course there's real hardships, but there's ways that we make things harder for ourselves by the way we approach things. So there's that. And then, um, you know, when it comes to Asian hate and um, the hate crimes, yes, that's real. Yes, that's happening. And I think that in addition to taking the best care of ourselves as possible is helping each other and supporting each other as much as possible and being, and then just the reality of needing to be more vigilant than ever. You know, I'm Korean American, grew up in LA. I've Mm -hmm. never, ever been concerned or worried in LA. And I can't believe that I have to actually be vigilant now you know, it's just starting like a few months ago, you know, in Los Angeles as a Korean American, but that's the reality of, you know, what we're living in. And I don't know if the hate is going to stop or subside, but in the meantime, I think all we can do is help each other, help ourselves and be really vigilant when you are out in public. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and going back to, you know, talking about, the the way we were trained and the way we were you know what I'm gathering from all of this and and how I can stop what my parents were doing with me is definitely opening up more to my kids and and putting letting them know it's okay to talk about things and and I think that's definitely a point if anything anyone learns from this besides the fact that I have mental issues <laughs> but the fact that um you know we should definitely you know speak up and and be heard and you don't have mental issues. We I know. struggle with things. Like we're all just struggling with things, you know? Right. Right. And- but it's, it's hard. Cause I think it's a, it's a way for me to deflect. You know, I think a lot of people deflect and a lot of people will make a joke out of it just to lighten. The yeah, situation. yeah. 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 And, and, um, yeah. And the thing, yeah. Cause if you deflect, then you also, it, it, it puts a distance between you and the thing that, you know, is troubling you. So as much as possible, like to not deflect, to just let it land, you know, just let whatever's mm-hmm. going on for you land. Cause that way that gives you the opportunity to deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. And then when it comes to children, you know, a lot of parents, like, of course, like a p- parents want to do the best for their children and want to tell children like, Hey, you're feeling it's okay to feel, and it's okay to talk about things, but kids do as they say they're, as they see their parents do, right? Mm-hmm, so if right. they see their father saying like, oh, dad said it's okay to talk about things and dad said it's okay to feel things and feelings are okay, but they don't see you doing that, then they're not going to do that because they're like, well, dad says uh, that, but I don't see him doing that. Uh-huh. So the more they see that it's, they because they're, 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 you know, kids are smart. They pick up on everything. So if they can start seeing in the family that, oh, feelings are okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel scared. You know, then they get the message like, oh, I guess it's okay to feel sad sometimes. I guess it's okay to feel scared sometimes. I guess it's okay to talk and tell someone I'm not, I don't feel good right now, but they got to know, they got to see it for themselves that it's actually okay. Not just be told it's okay. They need to see the proof. It's not to say like, if you're struggling, like go cry your eyes out to your young, young child, but it's kind of like an age appropriate ways demonstrating like, it's okay to feel down sometimes. And that's okay. You know? Right. And I think too, as a parent, I, I mean, I feel like 
as a person in general, I am a little more emotional than how my father was because I wanted to correct that situation where he really was just a blank wall. He never really showed emotion. And I wanted to be different for my child. But you're right. It is actions do speak louder than words. And if I'm telling my kid one thing, but showing them an opposite, they're going to take, they're going to be confused. Exactly. Exactly. And they're going to, they're going to follow more your action example, not what you're telling them. Oh man. So let's recap. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's just like if a parent is telling kids to eat vegetables because vegetables are good for them, but that they don't eat vegetables. I mean, kids aren't going to eat vegetables, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, but let's recap what, you know, for those that are listening in right now that are dealing with mental health issues, what, what can they do? Okay. I don't even want to call it mental health issues. Because you okay. that, that can be like a little slippery slope stigmatizing. How about gotcha. if you're struggling? If you're struggling with anything. Gotcha. You know, if you're struggling I love that. with anything. Then number one is treat it as though that's really important and it really deserves your attention. It really deserves your time and attention and energy if you're struggling with anything. So make it a priority and make it important. And then... See who you feel comfortable talking to and sharing that with. So that way you can just, you don't have to bear it alone. And it, you know, whether it's a professional or a friend or a colleague, talk to somebody, literally just talk to somebody. And then um, in terms of helping yourself along with the treating it like matters and it's important, your struggle, you know, really start thinking in terms of what, how you think, or what you think, how you feel, what you want, what you need, because those things are indicators and give you pointers in terms of what direction to go in. Um, the other thing is to start being really curious about how you think about things and how you approach things that might, that are kind of like thematic. They're kind of like just general themes in your life. Like, you know, your example was the, oh no, but mm-hmm. everyone has, everyone has patterns and be really curious about how, what your typical approach is to things and how possibly, and this is where a professional could be really important and really helpful is get some help and being able to see and approach things differently. So you have a better outcome. Oh my gosh. I love all those tips. I love, I love that whole, you know, I, I, I mean, within this 30 minutes, I feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> and I, I feel like I wish you were here in San Diego because I would love to just switch therapists and have you as my therapist because I feel like you've helped me within this 30 minutes. And I feel like, yeah, just talking about stuff um, definitely helps. It, 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 it re- takes a weight off of you. It, so the talking helps. See, you got the direct experience. Like, oh, you feel better because you're talking. But also, it another reason you're feeling better is because you're seeing there's so much you can do to feel better. Like, it's not like, I mean, there's definitely thing, there's things in everyone's reach to help them to feel better. This is real stuff. This isn't hocus pocus. This isn't take a pill. This is like, oh my God, there's like four or five things you can do to help yourself feel better this week. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You have so much for me to think about right now. If anyone is actually wanting to reach out to you or, you know, wanting to get more advice, how can they contact you? It's, um, I have a website, it's dramykim.com and people can just email me too, which is dramykim at gmail.com. And I'm happy to ask, answer any questions about mental health therapy, all of that stuff. Cause 
you know, finding a therapist can feel kind of daunting, no, like trying to figure out what to expect in the process can be a little daunting and overwhelming. So I, I can even just off answer questions about to, to sort of like demystify the whole process. Well, real briefly, yeah, tell me about that. Like if somebody's really wanting to find a therapist, how do you know you found the right one? So first of all, okay, you do, do you do a search online, talk to people, a lot of times word of mouth is very powerful in terms of finding a great therapist. There's a whole range of quality of therapists from excellent ones to mediocre ones to not so good ones. So mm-hmm. it might take some work to really find someone who's great. Um, you first start by calling a few people and talking to each one briefly over the phone, get a sense of whether they sound good to you or not. Do they sound competent? Do you feel like you like their energy? You know, just get a sense of them over the phone. And then once you meet with people, now most things, most things are online through Zoom. Um, you, you might need to meet with one or two or three different people before you find like that, the right one. And you should know within a few sessions, within two or three sessions where you feel like, okay, something's happening. You don't even have to know what's going on, but you have to feel like you're being helped. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel like you're being helped and there isn't benefit, you're not feeling benefited, then Mm -hmm. move on and meet with someone else. And the search can be, you know, the search can take a little bit of time, but really if you find the right therapist for you, it will be life-changing. Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, you know, we're going to definitely put up your information um, on our social media pages. Of course, um, if you want to learn about today's show, you can visit AsianVoicesRadio.com and we'll have all of that information for Dr. Amy Kim. Dr. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today and and talking about mental health issues and, and all that stuff. And we just appreciate your time. You're welcome. And I hope more Asians just feel more comfortable about talking because it's so, all all humans need this, whether you're Asian or not, like all humans struggle and all humans need to talk to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you have any suggestions for future topics, feel free to reach out to us. You can also subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But until next time, I'm Hula Ramos, and on behalf of my guest, Dr. Amy Kim, we'd like to thank you for listening, and please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices radio show. Take care, and we'll see you next time.